You're listening to the New Song Students Podcast. I'm Jackson, and I'm the student pastor at New Song Church, located in Oklahoma City. We hope this message builds your faith and helps you to know God better in a greater way today. Enjoy the message. Y'all are cool with that tonight. Y'all ready? We're going to jump into the word. I've got a chunky, juicy, fat with a PH word for you tonight. So we just need to go straight into it. All right? I said, all right? Okay. Now, let me just remind you, every single time that we come and we sit under the word, we listen to the word, this is not a time for you to just like veg out. Like, you know, you're not in the movie theater. You know, when you go to the movies, you got like, it's kind of similar. We got the chairs we got the big screen, and all you have to do is just stare and nothing else. And then maybe shovel in some popcorn every couple minutes. If, if you're me, it's all of the popcorn in the first five minutes of the movie. Does anybody else eat all of the popcorn first? No, no, no. This is different. This is different. Every single message, whether it's me preaching, whether it's one of our amazing speakers at New Song Students, every single one requires something of you. It requires you to be, bless you, requires you to be an active listener. You got to participate in this word with me. Amen. You got to participate. You know, there were a lot of people when when Jesus was on the earth and uh, when he was walking around and teaching and doing his ministry, there were a lot of people who heard his teachings, but the Bible tells us that only a few people actually got what he was saying. And it's because this, they wanted to know. They just wanted to know. The Bible says that those people that understood what Jesus was trying to get them to understand was this. They had ears to hear and they had eyes to see. So I'm praying that you guys, where where are my ears to hear at? Anybody got some ears to hear? Anybody got some eyes to see what God is wanting to say to them? Come on, that's what I'm talking about. So whatever whatever that looks like for you to, to be an active listener tonight, I promise you it's worth it. Do it. Like, it's worth sacrificing the next 30 minutes of your attention span. I know you guys can do that. It's worth it. It's worth it. So get your Bible out. Get your notes. Anybody got their poured out journal with them tonight? I see you. I see you. Being transformed journal, where are you at? I see you. Okay. All right. Get that stuff out tonight. Tonight, we're going to be continuing in a series that we started last week called Poured Out. Poured Out. And... Uh, This series is not your typical run-of-the-mill, creative, like relatable youth ministry series. No, 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 no. This is our vision series. Like this is a big deal. Uh, This this series is such a big deal that we slapped it on a t-shirt. Like that's how much, that's right. That's that's how much, that's how much we believe in this vision. And and let's be honest, you know it's getting real when we're slapping things on a t-shirt. So every year... Every year at New Song Students, I I talked about this last week, we start off the year with a vision series. And if you were here last week, we we, we talked about that vision is what? It's the intended direction of our life in words, right? You remember that? It's the intended direction of our life in words. And um, vision is so important because we are all going somewhere in life. How many of you know you're going somewhere in life? But... Uh, without vision, you're going somewhere, you just don't know where you're going. And so vision is so important because without it, we can find ourselves just coasting through life. Like, I don't really know what I'm supposed to be doing right now with my life. I don't really know what my purpose is in life. I kind of just coast. Like, I go to school, I eat lunch, except this month because I'm fasting. 
Amen. I hang out with my friends every now and then, but that's kind of like, that's my life. That's it. But with vision, when you have vision in your life, your, your life goes from being just coasting through life to, man, I know where God's taking me in this season right now. And here's the cool thing about vision. When we make it clear, guess what? God takes us there. Like he legit will take you where your vision is leading you to go. In fact, last year, our vision was in pursuit. And we made it clear. We slapped it on a t-shirt and we said, hey, this year we're gonna be in pursuit. We're gonna aggressively pursue God. And guess what? He took us there. He took our whole family there. And so this year, our vision is poured out. Look to your neighbor, say poured out. Look to your other neighbor and say it way louder because that was weak. Uh, say pour out. Woo, okay. There you go. I wasn't asking for that, but I'll take it. Okay. Our vision is specifically not just poured out, but it's filled up, poured out. Filled up in order to be poured out. And when we look at the life of Jesus, we see Jesus was a person who was filled up. Jesus was filled up with all of the good things that God wanted him to walk around and carry with. What are some things that Jesus had? He had the presence of God. He had the Holy Spirit. He had righteousness. He walked around with freedom and healing power. Come on. He walked around with all of the fruits of the spirit, all nine of them. That's right. He walked around with all of these things. And guess what? All of those things that Jesus walked around with that he was poured up with, he pours out onto you. He was filled up with those things and he pours that out onto you so you can experience it. And if we are going to be like Jesus, Anybody want to be like Jesus in here? If we're going to be people who, like our church is saying, practicing the way, then we've got to be people who don't just stop at letting God fill us up. Yeah. We've got to be filled up in order to be poured out like Jesus. And if you weren't able to be here last week for the message, I'd encourage you, go back and listen to it. Uh, and I know we say that a lot, but this time it's actually important because like this message is completely building off of last week's word. So if you weren't there, that's okay, but just go back and listen to it. Uh, but just to quickly recap, we looked at the one thing that Jesus poured out onto you and to me last week. This is what we talked about. We looked at the one thing that Jesus poured out, not on just to you, but onto every person who has been, every person who is living, every person who will live in the future, and that's this thing called salvation. Somebody say salvation. salvation. And as Christians today, I know we're all probably guilty of this. We, we take our salvation for granted. Like we take being born again for granted. We're like, yeah, like I got saved when I was a kid and that's just like, it's whatever. But like, did you know that being saved is literally the greatest miracle that could ever happen in a person's life? Like it's a big deal. And what we talked about last week is when we have a tiny view of our salvation, it causes us to live our life in a way that's lesser than God's called us to live. And we talked about how it causes us to feel like we need to work for our salvation. We got to bend the rules for salvation. But how many of you know Jesus? Jesus showed up and we talked about the unfairness of the gospel. You know what? You're actually, you're supposed to work for salvation, but Jesus did the work for you. Jesus took the price for you. So all you got to do is believe. Amen. So that's what we talked about last week. And so, like I said, tonight's message is building on last week's. So if last week we talked about Jesus pouring out onto us, tonight what I wanna talk about is, and what I feel like the Lord is leading us to really dig into tonight is what do you pour out onto Jesus? If Jesus poured out salvation onto you, 
If he gave you this incredible gift, new life, being born again, what, what, what do you give to that kind of gift giver? You hearing me? So tonight we're going to be talking about this. Maybe you've had that question before, like what kind of gift do I get this person? Has anybody had that, like Christmas just came. Did you ever have that thought, like what do I get this person? I don't know about you, but I love the feeling. I love the feeling of getting the perfect gift for somebody. Because you know, you know the face they make when you just struck gold and you got the perfect gift. You know when they open it and they're like, no. No, for real? No, you did not. You know what I'm talking about? Like I love, like that's my goal during Christmas time is I want to get the perfect gifts for people. Um, but you know, some people are hard to get gifts for. I'm one of those people. I'm hard to get gifts for. And um, you know who else is hard to get gifts for? Your parents. Now, I don't know if anybody in this room, I don't know if you students are already getting gifts for your parents. If you are, shout out to you. Because when I was your age, I was not getting gifts for my parents. I was a selfish little brat. I was like, me. But, but when you grow up, when you become an adult, this weird thing happens where you have to start getting gifts for your parents. And that's really hard. Because you know what? Parents are hard to get gifts for. Let's just be real. In fact, uh, my mom is somebody who's hard to get gifts for. Because uh, she'll do this thing where, like, if you really can't think of anything to give her, and you'll go to her, some of your parents will say this one day. You'll say, hey, what do you want to get for Christmas? And they'll say this thing where they're like, I don't want anything. I just want my family. You know what I mean? Like, I just want to be with my family. That's what I want for Christmas. And I'm like, that's sweet. No, really. What do you want for Christmas? And my mom, she'll say this. I'll be like, mom, what do you want for Christmas? And she's like, I just want, you know, I just want to be with my family. And I'm like, mom, for real? Just tell me what you want. So specifically, there was this one year where, uh, you know, my mom didn't tell me what she wanted for Christmas. And so Haley and I, we, we procrastinated with our gift giving. And so it was like right before Christmas and we didn't get a gift from my mom. And so we were like, oh shoot, we got to put something together. So we decided, well, I don't know, mom's like smelly good things, right? So we got this cute little basket and we got all of these smelly good things. You know, that hand cut lavender soap, you know, that bath bomb, the, those salts, the, the salts, the fancy salt. Ba baths are so gross, by the way. Like, does anybody take baths? No shame. I'm just curious. I'm, I don't get you. I don't get you. Baths are gross. Anyway, anyway. So check this out. Check this out. We get my mom this gift. It's this cute basket with all these cute bath things. So Christmas comes around. And we give my mom this gift. And she opens it. And you can tell she's thankful, but she's kind of like, ah, thanks. And so I knew. I could tell from her response that was not the perfect gift. So fast forward a couple months, Haley and I were in town to go to some party. It was like, a, it was like our friends were getting married or something. It was like a, a couple's shower or something. And we're in town, and we found out that my mom re-gifted her Christmas gift. Dude, fail. You know, you know you messed up when, you, when that person re-gifted your gifts. Like, they, they got that gift, and they were like, oh, thanks. Are there any birthday parties coming up that I can get rid of this gift? Anyway, I say all of that to say this. This is the question I, I have for us tonight. Jesus gave us a really big gift. 
He gave us the ultimate gift, the gift of salvation. You have new life, something you literally could not do on your own. My question for us tonight is what kind of gift do you give that kind of person? Like what kind of gift do you give to that kind of person? So we're gonna answer that question tonight. In fact, Matthew 22 gives us a picture. It's actually God telling us like straight up. You wanna know what God wants for Christmas? Matthew 22 tells us, check this out. It says this, and one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? And he said to him, this is Jesus talking, you shall love the Lord your God with, what is that word? All. (laughs) You, You jumped the gun on me. Let's try that again. Let's try that again. You shall love the Lord your God with all all of your heart. That's right. And with all all of your soul and with all all of your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all of the law and the prophets. Okay. So next week. We're actually going to be looking at that second part of the commandment. But tonight, I want to look at the first thing God wants from you. You ready for it? It's you. It's you. The the one thing that you can give to God that he wants more than anything is you. Like, literally, God has everything. He's everywhere. He literally lacks nothing, but... What's the one thing that we can give to God that he doesn't already have? Well, it's something that he can't make you do, and that's love him. God wants you to love him. And so tonight, we're going to be talking about this thing called devotion. Somebody say devotion. 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 And the title of the message is this, the best gift to give God. I want you to write that down, the best gift to give God. And let's pray before we get into this. Father, I thank you so much for tonight. Thank you for meeting us, Lord. I feel your presence here. We're so grateful that you're a God who responds to our worship, that you're not just in space. You're not just the universe, this this autonomous person who doesn't care about us. God, you care about us. You are here and you want us. So teach us tonight, God, how to give ourselves to you. What does that mean to give ourselves as a gift to you? We wanna know. Would you teach us? Would you show us? In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Amen. Okay. Now, I don't know about you, but uh, when I hear that word devotion, devotion, the first thing that I think of is somebody who really loves something. You know what I mean? Somebody who really loves something. I'm not talking about how, like, you would describe your love for Taco Bell, uh, or how I would describe my love for peanut butter, even though I really do love me some peanut butter. Um, I'm talking about uh, real love. I'm not talking about general love. I'm talking deep devotion. You, you, talk, you hearing me? Yeah. So the, these are the kind of people that will, they'll go to the extreme to let you know who they love. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they'll wait as long as they need to. They'll do crazy things. They'll, they'll get the stuff that they love tattooed on their body. Like that's how devoted they are to this thing. Are you hearing me? This is the devotion that I think of. Now, when I was thinking about devotion, this word, I couldn't help but go to Google Images and find you guys some examples of what I think of when I think of devotion, okay? So I've I've come bearing some very funny, I hope you like them, pictures. 
for everybody listening on the podcast in the future, shout out to you. You're just going to have to use your imagination, okay? <laughs> you should have come to church. All right. These questions, or these not questions, these pictures, they're going to start off easy and they're each going to get just progressively crazier, okay? Yeah. Are you ready? This first one is devotion. It's not that crazy, but uh, here it is. Let's throw that thing up there. Black Friday shoppers. Uh, has anybody, I'm not going to judge you, but has anybody ever put up a tent on Black Friday? Anybody in the room? Okay, good, good. Because if they were in here, we would have we had to do something about that. This is, this is devotion. I like stuff, but I don't like stuff that much. Like, I don't get this. Like, why can't you just wait? Like, a tent? Really? This is devotion. This is some pretty hardcore devotion. Here's another one. Uh, this is, I don't know if you can tell, it's kind of blurry, but this is like an Apple iPhone. You know, the new iPhone, it's like a drop day where you've got everybody trying to get the new iPhone. Has anybody ever been to an, a new iPhone drop? No. No. no? Me either. See, that's what I'm saying. Like, literally, you can get it like the next week at the AT&T store. I don't know. It's crazy. So this is devotion. This is what I think of devotion. I think of long lines. You're willing to wait. You're willing to put in the grind to get that thing, that new iPhone that's going to be old in a year. Let's look at the next one. Let's look at the next one. That's devotion right there. That's devotion. He's got the NFL tattoo on this bicep. He's got the Vikings on the other bicep. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. This guy is a cool dude right here. Devotion, devotion to the Vikings. Okay, uh, hold on on the next one. This next one, remember, they're getting progressively crazier, all right? So if this is kind of crazy, are you ready for the next one? Let's see it. This is an, are you, do you see this? This is an, a Buddy the Elf tattoo. Okay. Confession, confession. I like, I like Elf, but this is not mine. This is not mine. I like Elf, but dude, that is devotion right there. That is some hardcore devotion. Okay, this last one, just hang in with me. The guy is shirtless, but just hang in with me. It's okay. Check this out. This is not paint. Listen to me. This is not paint. That is a tattoo of a soccer jersey. Do you see this? Okay, this was the one. This was the one that blew my mind. I was like, oh, that's some pretty good body paint. And then I clicked on it, and it was like, man got tattooed jersey on his body. Dude. That is gnarly. Okay, you can take that down. You can take that down. This is what devotion looks like. This is what I think of when I hear devotion. I think of somebody who goes all in. They'll go to the extreme. They'll get the tattoo in everything. Like, this is devotion. And uh, many of you guys know this about me, but I'm actually a person who really loves tattoos. I don't know if you knew this about me, but I, Pastor Jackson, I know I'm a pastor, but I love tattoos. And I've actually got a lot of them. They're just on my legs. And so you don't get to see them unless you go to summer camp with us this summer. So anyway, anyway, so I love my tattoos. I love them all. But my favorite tattoo is one that you've probably seen before. It's this one right here on my arm. It's a bouquet of flowers or a bouquet, bouquet. I don't know. How do you say it? I feel like I'm saying it weird right now. Bouquet. It's, it's flowers, okay? 
And you may not have known this. You may not have known this, but Haley actually has the same thing. We've got matching tattoos. It's on her back. And um, so check this out. Funny story about this tattoo. Haley and I, uh, we've known each other for a really long time. And when we started dating in college, when we started dating, we knew the second we started, this relationship is heading towards marriage. So what I mean by that is we weren't, like when we started dating, we had talked about this already. Like we're not just dating to date. We're not just having fun and like seeing what happens. Like we, we talked about it. Like if we start this, this is where it's heading. Yeah. And so three years later, three and a half years later, we were engaged to be married. And we started talking about the idea of getting matching tattoos, getting a, a marriage tattoo after we got married. And so we started playing around with some ideas. Like what do we want to get? What would be cool? Well, long story short, uh, I was actually getting a tattoo one day and Haley was with me. And we were kind of like, Let's just get them now. Like, we're already here. We already know what we want. Let's just get them now. What the heck? So we go. We get zapped. And, and we walk out. We've got our matching tattoos. We're getting married. We're engaged. And we didn't get a ton of pushback, but we definitely had some people that were like, are you sure about that? They're like, you know a tattoo's permanent, right? They're like, hey, you're like, what if something happened? Like, you're just engaged. And I remember at this point just thinking like, hold on, isn't that the point of like getting engaged? Like, isn't that the point of marriage? Like I am, I am devoting myself to this person forever. Like that's what was going on in my mind. I was like, if I'm already going to devote myself to this person forever, it doesn't seem that extreme for me to get a tattoo that is also permanent, just like marriage. You hearing me? Now, I understand. I understand that things happen. Sometimes weddings get called off. Sometimes divorce happens. That's a real thing. I've seen that happen in my friends personally. I've seen my family go through divorce, but I've also seen God work those things together for good. Um, and so I believe in that. But regardless of all of that, marriage was never meant to be something that you step into and you're kind of like, maybe it'll happen. I don't know. You hearing me? Yeah. Like marriage was always meant to be something that was permanent. But you see, we live in a world that doesn't view marriage that way. And in the same way, check this out. You were never meant or created to be in a relationship with God that was kind of like, I don't know, maybe it'll work out. Wow. Wow. Like you were, you were created to be in a devoted, committed, all in or none at all relationship with God. Are you hearing me? Like, like the world we live in is like, well, try it before you buy it or 100% satisfaction guaranteed or your money back. Like if you don't like God, just try him out. And then if you don't like him, like just who cares, right? But this is not the relationship that God's called you to walk in with him. Jesus wants to walk with you in a deep devotion to God. And sometimes I think we, we look at our relationship with God and we're like, oh, there's some really good benefits to be with God. Like, oh, I get, I get a blessed life. I'm for that. But then when we find out, like, oh, Jesus wants me to, like, do stuff? Like, I got to talk about being a Christian. What? I'll just leave that to my pastor. I'll leave that to the Jesus freak. You hearing me? I'm going to say something that's going to sound harsh, but please hear me when I say this. Sometimes our relationships with God look a lot more like friends with benefits than they do a committed marriage. You hearing me? So write this down. Look at this. It's not devotion until I'm all in. It's not devotion 
until I'm all in. And I think part of the problem is we see Jesus wrong. <laughs> I have a pastor that I follow. I love him. He's kind of fiery. But uh, he'll talk about it like this. People see Jesus as the desperate boyfriend. Like, like, he's the, like we see Jesus as the desperate boyfriend who you can break up with him and come back to him as much as you want. You don't have to really like treat him nicely. Like he'll always come crawling back to you. He'll always love you. You can do whatever you want to him and he'll always come crawling back to you because he just thinks you're cute and he loves you. Now, let's be real. New Song students, does Jesus love you? Yes. yes. Do, does, will Jesus take you even if you treat him wrongly? Yeah, yeah. yeah Jesus is always going to love you. But does Jesus still require things of you? Yeah. Jesus is going to require some stuff of you. He's, he's going to challenge you. He wants to take you deeper. And so check this out. Look at this. Jesus actually says this in John 14. He says, if you love me, check this out. You can say you love Jesus all day long, but look at how he defines love. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Yikes. He says, if you love me, if you really say you love me, you're going you're gonna to obey me. And look at this, Matthew 10, 39. Whoever finds his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. So check this out. It's not devotion until you are all in. But here's the good news, New Song students. You were made to go all in. Wow. Write that down. You were made to go all in. Jesus is looking for people who are going to go full everything out on the table, committed relationship to him type love. This is what he's looking for. He's not looking for half in, half out disciples. Jesus wants you to follow him all in. And here's the good news, New Song students. We say this a lot of time, a lot at church. God would never call you to do something that he won't also help you to do. So listen to this. If you were created to go all in for Jesus, that's what his calling is for your life, is he going to help you do that? Yes. In fact, in John 14, that verse we read where it says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Right after that, Jesus says, and this is how you're going to do it. I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. Amen. I'm going to give you the helper, and he's going to help you to go fully all in, devoted for Jesus. So the good news is, New Song students, you actually have the capacity right now to go all in. You have the capacity to be devoted to Jesus. So what's the hang-up? I want to talk about the hang-up. Why are we not devoted to Jesus? And I think to help, the, to help explain this, I want to look at what I think is the best picture of devotion in probably all of Scripture, and it's about this woman with an alabaster jar. You've probably heard this story before. I want to read it to you tonight. So when I read it, put yourself in the house, all right? Let's get our thinking caps on. You hear me? I want you to see what's happening in your mind. Check this out. Listen to this. It says... One of the Pharisees asked Jesus to eat with him, and he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. And behold, a woman of the city who was a sinner, she learned that Jesus was reclining at the table in the Pharisee's house and brought an alabaster flask of ointment and standing behind him at his feet, weeping. So she's emotional, awkward. You hear me? She's weeping. She began to wet his feet with her tears, and she wiped them with the hair of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with oil. 
Now the Pharisees, when they saw this, when the Pharisees who invited him saw this, he said to himself, now, this Pharisee is saying this in his mind, okay? He's thinking this. So just listen to this. He says, in his mind, if this man were a prophet, he would have known what sort of woman this is who is touching him, for she is a sinner. And Jesus said to him, so Jesus read this dude's mind. Jesus is like, hey, I heard that. Simon, Simon, I heard that. I have something to say to you. And he answered. So Jesus, no joke. He's throwing shade. He is reading people's minds like a straight gangster in this story. Uh, I, think, I think when we read when we read this story and other stories in the Bible, sometimes uh, we miss a lot of the meat of the story. Like sometimes when we read the Bible, we read it really robotically. And so we're just like, we read it and then we just come away with a couple points. We're like, we read the story and okay, I should be like her and I should give Jesus everything. Okay, let's go. You know what I mean? But we don't actually imagine what's happening here. We don't put ourselves in the house. And when we don't do that, we miss out on a lot of details. We miss out on really the cost of this, of this transaction that's taking place. Because really, what we see here is for this woman, she's experiencing a powerful, would you say, a powerful encounter? She's experiencing a powerful encounter with Jesus. But for everyone else in the room, this was really awkward. Like, this was a massively awkward moment. So, let's do something. Thought experiment. We're going to put ourselves inside the house of this story. You're in the house of a Pharisee. Now, remember, we've heard this a lot at church. Pharisees were a big deal in biblical times. Like, up until Jesus, and he started telling people, hey, the Pharisees are kind of a joke. Everybody thought the Pharisees were legit. Like, they were looked up to. They were the moral elite. Like, like if you were around a Pharisee in biblical times, you would have, like, shown your best self to them because it was a big deal. So you're in this type of environment with a bunch of those kind of guys. And then you've got Jesus, who is claiming to be the Son of God. And the Pharisees invite him into, this, into, the, into their house because they're like, we can't figure this guy out. Is this guy weird? Is he legit? Is he really the son of God or is he just crazy? Like the Pharisees want to know this stuff. And in the middle of this dinner, this woman from the street, random person, shows up uninvited, unannounced, and she's crying a lot. Now imagine if you were at your house, family dinner, and some random stranger just shows up, bawling her eyes out and breaking jars of oil everywhere. Like you would be like, uh, no. Here's what I want us to know. Here's what I want us to see. If we were in this room, we would be a Pharisee. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, we would probably be a Pharisee if we were in this room. Like, like imagine New Song students, we're at, we're at a service and it's the middle of worship and there's a first timer that comes to church and, and the, the power of God's just like wrecking them. And like they're experiencing the presence of God and let's just say they start crying and bawling their eyes out. How many of you, you don't have to say this out loud, but in your mind, you'd be like, who is this person? I'm trying to worship over here, okay? Could you keep it down? Like, unfortunately, that's what we would be thinking. Check this out. For this woman, this was, an, this was a powerful encounter for her, but for everybody else in the room, this was awkward. And you know, sometimes 
for you and for me, devotion, let's just be real. It might be awkward for other people, but it can be a powerful encounter for you. It can be a powerful encounter for you if you bring the right gift. You know, Jesus didn't honor the Pharisees for having it all up together and being stoic and having their life perfect. Guess who he honored? He honored her. He didn't honor them. He honored her. So with the rest of the time that we've had tonight, I want to ask some questions. I want to ask really this question and I want to answer it. How do I know if I'm devoted to Jesus? How do you know if you're really devoted to Jesus? Because here's the thing. I believe that so many of you in this room really do want to be devoted to Jesus. I believe that so many of you in this room already are devoted to Jesus. But how do we know? Like, how do I know? How can I tell if I really am following God the way I should be? Now, can I tell you, it doesn't have to look like this. Like, being devoted to Jesus doesn't mean you have to be really emotional every time you come into worship. It doesn't mean you have to come and just be a hot mess every time you come to the altar. But there are questions that we can ask ourselves to tell, to check, to make sure, man, am I really devoted? Am I giving Jesus the gift he really wants? Are you hearing me? So I got three questions I want to ask us tonight. Each of these questions, I want, to imagine, I want you to imagine them with me like they're a jar, all right? Kind of like the jar this woman brought. Each question is a jar, and each one of these jars has a lid on it. So we're going to ask a question, and for every question, there's a lid that is keeping you and I from pouring out this gift onto Jesus. So first question we got to ask is this, has it cost me something? Has it cost me something? For this woman, in our story tonight, this would have been a really big cost for her. In fact, her giving Jesus this gift would have meant her giving up all financial security in her life. Like some biblical scholars will say, uh, some guys who are way smarter than me, they'll tell you that perfume back, back in biblical times was seen as something with very high value. In fact, one Bible scholar writes this. He says, spices and ointments were often used as an investment because they were small and they were portable and easily sold. They could be easily sold. So in some cases, I don't know if it was necessarily this bottle of perfume, but in some cases, you could walk around with a bottle of perfume that was worth a year's wages. So I looked up today. I was like, okay, I'm curious. What's like the average yearly wage for somebody in Oklahoma City. It's about $50,000. So imagine this woman shows up to this dinner party with a perfume bottle that is worth $50,000. And she just breaks it at the feet of Jesus. That's crazy, right? That's crazy. For most women, check this out. For most women in biblical times, if they had perfume, what that was, was it was actually a dowry which means that was something that was passed down through the family and you had to have a dowry if somebody was gonna see you as fit for being married. You had to have it to give to your future spouse. So check this out. This woman giving this gift, it would have been a really high price for her. For her to break this jar at the feet of Jesus was saying, Jesus, you're more important than my financial security. Jesus, You're more important than any future spouse that I could ever find. Jesus, you're worth it. When she broke that jar, you know what that said to everybody else in the room? It said, I'm all in. Jesus, you're enough. 
I will give this to you. And New Song students, this is my question to us tonight. Has your relationship with Jesus costed you anything? Has it costed you anything? Maybe, it, maybe for you, your relationship with Jesus has costed you your finances. Like maybe you're a person who this year, you've decided to start giving of your money. You're, you've started tithing to the house. Can I tell you something? That speaks to devotion. Maybe, maybe for you, uh, your devotion to Jesus, the cost that it's costed you has been your friends. Maybe you've had to cut some friends out of your life that aren't, that aren't the best friends for you. Maybe you've had to put some boundaries down in relationship, relationships in your life that are trying to take you in a different direction than God. Can I tell you something? That speaks to devotion. Maybe for you, um, your, your, your devotion to Jesus has costed something like your privacy. Like maybe for you, you've had to get real this year. You've had to confess to a leader or to your parent or, or to a friend about a sin that you're struggling with. If that's you, I want to tell you I'm proud of you. And you know what else? That speaks to devotion. It's the cost. And here's the reality that we can realize. If our relationship with God never costs us anything, we found our answer right there. We're not devoted to Jesus. We're not devoted to Jesus. So I don't know about you, but I want to be devoted to Jesus. So what's the lid? What's the lid that's keeping us from pouring out to Jesus? It's this. It's the fear of lack. It's the fear that if I give this thing to Jesus, what about me? Like, what if I don't have enough for me, though? I want to remind you, though, look at this, Matthew 6, 25. This is Jesus talking, by the way. He says, therefore, I tell you, don't be anxious about your life, what you eat or what you'll drink, nor about your body, what you'll put in it, what you'll put on it. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, Jesus says. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they are? So check this out. Look at this. How was this woman who had a really expensive, extravagant gift, how was she willing to drop, just imagine, 50 grand down at the feet of Jesus? How was she able to do that? I, I can promise you it probably wasn't easy for her, but here's what she knew deep down in her core. God will provide for me, period. I don't need this. God will, he's worth it. God will provide for me no matter what. New Song students, I want to encourage you. You can pay the cost of devotion because you, God is your provider. You can pay the cost of, of, of discipleship because you're not the one who provides for yourself. Jesus says, I will take care of you. So you don't have to worry about the cost. Second thing we can ask ourselves is this. Have I gone public? Have I gone public? David Guzik says this. It was bold for a woman with a sinful reputation to come into the house of a Pharisee. But she was willing to do anything to express her love to Jesus. So even though there were people present in the room, like she could have tried to find Jesus like in a back alleyway and just be like, hey, don't tell anybody about this. This is kind of embarrassing. But no, she didn't. Even though people were present in the room, and not just anybody, Pharisees, like she knew when she walked into this room, they were gonna judge the snot out of her. 
She knew that coming into this room. But even then, she was devoted to Jesus. So we have to ask ourselves this question, New Song students. Am I going public for my faith? Now, here's what I'm not saying. I'm not saying you need to go into every room and announce to the whole world, I am a disciple of Jesus Christ. <laughs> like when you're in the Starbucks line and they're like, can I get a name for that order? You don't need to be like, oh, you want my name? It's Jackson, disciple of Christ. Wow. Could you write that on the whole cup, please? Like, I'm not saying you need to walk into every room and just flaunt your devotion to Jesus. Here's what I'm saying. Are you willing to stay devoted to Jesus if it means people are going to look differently at you? Are you willing to stay devoted to Jesus even if it means people might judge you a little bit? This is what she did. Charles Spurgeon says this, Christ never contemplated the production of a secret Christian. Are you a secret Christian? Are you a secret Christian? Do your friends know who you're devoted to, New Song students? Do you live your life in a way that says, I'm all in for Jesus, I've given my life, I'll give him anything? Or do you, like, when people find out, you're like, oh, yeah, I mean, I go to church, it's not a big deal, though. Hey, did you see the game last week? You know what I mean? Like, do you shy away when people start to talk about faith? Have you gone public? New Song students, here's the good news. Jesus wants you. Like, we opened up with this, and I want to keep hitting it, because here's the thing. Here's the great thing about giving a gift to Jesus. It's really easy, because he just wants you. He wants all of you. He wants the public you. He wants the private you. He wants the you on Friday night at the game. He wants you when you're with your boyfriend. He wants all of you. Are you hearing me? Jesus wants all of you. And that's good news. So what's the lid? We know what the question is. What's the lid keeping us from pouring out this gift to Jesus? It's this, the fear of man. It's the fear of man. You know, there were people that walked around and they believed in Jesus when he was on this earth, but they weren't devoted to him. Look at this. This is why they weren't devoted to him. John 12 says this, Isaiah said these things because he saw his glory and spoke of him. He's talking about Jesus. Nevertheless, many, even of the authorities, believed in Jesus, but for fear of the Pharisees, they did not confess it so they would not be put out of the synagogue. This last verse is going to hit hard. Listen to this. For they loved the glory that comes from man more than the glory that comes from God. So what do we see here? What do we see here? You can believe in Jesus all day long and not be devoted to him. You can say you believe in Jesus all day long and not be devoted to him. What stopped these people who saw Jesus face to face and they were still like, I don't know if I can do it. You know what stopped them? It was because of approval of man. New Song students, can I just be real with you? It is worth giving up the fear of man to follow Jesus. It's worth it. Going public for Jesus, I promise you, it is worth the price. Because the glory that's going to come from approval of your friends the, the approval of the world, the approval of influencers, the approval of social media, I'm telling you, it's not the approval of Jesus. Wow. It's not as good as what Jesus can give you. Don't shy away. Don't shy away when the world tries to ask you who you're devoted to because Jesus is worth being devoted to. Your friends don't sit on the throne. Guess who sits on the throne? Jesus does. YouTubers, influencers, Your friend that you're trying to impress, they don't sit on the throne. 
Jesus sits on the throne. So is the fear of man keeping me from giving this gift to Jesus? And the last question, I wanna invite the band to come up as we get ready to close. The last question that we've gotta ask ourselves, if we wanna walk in devotion like this woman models to us is this, am I committed? Am I committed? And I think at the end of the day, all of these questions, all of these fears, these lids that we've talked about, they can be summed up in this one question. Am I committed? So what does it mean to be committed? Committed says, I'll push through. Committed says, I'm willing to pay the price. Uh, To be committed to something says, when the cost comes, I'll pay for that. I'm willing to pay. When judgment comes, commitment says, I know who I belong to. Commitment says, when disappointment comes, I don't know how this is going to work out, but I know I serve a really good God. I found this quote today. I want to read it to you. It's beautiful. It says this. It says, commitment is healthiest when it is not without doubt, but in spite of doubt. I'm going to read that again because you did not get that. (laughs) Listen to this when I read this. Commitment is healthiest when it is not without doubt, but in spite of doubt. What does that mean? What does that mean in spite of doubt? It means in this life, it is okay if you're disappointed. In this life, it is okay if you doubt. But what commitment says is even in the disappointment, even in the doubt, I'm still gonna choose Jesus. I'm still gonna say yes to Jesus. What's the lid that keeps us from staying committed to Jesus? This is the last lid. I wanna give it to you. Write this down. It's the fear of disappointment. It's the fear of disappointment. And we have all dealt with this one because we're human. And guess what? We like to know how things are gonna end out. We like to try to predict the future and and imagine what we want. We lean on our own understanding. And when it doesn't always play out that way, you know what happens? We get disappointed. We get disappointed in God. And then because of that, fear comes in and it says, ah, I don't know. If you follow God, you might be disappointed. It might not end up the way you thought, but check this out. Proverbs 3, 5 says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. There it is again, all of your heart. And do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. New Song students, sometimes the greatest hurdle, the hardest thing, the tightest lid that's keeping us from following Jesus, from giving this gift like this woman is this right here. It's our understanding. Sometimes that's the greatest hurdle we've got to overcome is us trying to assume and imagine what we think we want when we lean in our own understanding. But can I encourage you tonight, New Song students, you can lean in on a better understanding. There's a better understanding that's available to you. It's God's. And the scripture that we just read says, if you'll lean on his understanding, guess what? He'll make your path straight. He'll make your path straight. And not only that, he'll take you deeper. I don't know about you, but I wanna go deeper this year, New Song students. I wanna go deeper in my devotion to God. I'm not content. I don't wanna coast. I hope you don't either. I wanna be a devoted disciple to Jesus. Are you willing to get on this journey with me, New Song students? I wanna be devoted 
And I hope you do too. These are the lids that can keep us closed up, keep us from pouring out. But I believe Jesus wants to teach us tonight that you have the ability to give Jesus all of you, all of you. I wanna invite you to bow your heads and close your eyes. You saw students.